From the Safer at Home studios in Nederland, Colorado, you're listening to First Chair. I'm George Thomas, and tonight we're chatting with Emily Lovett. Emily, it is always great talking with you. Thank you for joining us. George, well, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So wanted to talk this evening about Nordic lessons in the coming season. I mean, I'm working full time up the ski area right now, just working on getting uh, things in place for the coming season and was thinking that Nordic is probably going to see a large influx in lessons this season. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what happened in the spring when the Alpine areas were closed, a lot of people went to Nordic then. And we saw that in the spring. And, you know, I think most Nordic centers are planning for, you know, an uptick in skiers coming out to the the ski areas this year. And what kind of lessons were you getting a lot of first time? Well, um, you know, actually in the spring, what we saw was a lot of people getting into the sport. They may be, um, they might have been true beginners um, or intermediates, but um, people that don't usually, weren't usually on the snow were coming out on, on the Nordic trails. And we weren't doing lessons at that time because, uh, the resort that I worked at was actually closed, the Nordic Resort, but our local uh, Nordic Center in town that just has ski trails, um, just really busy every day. Um, so that was pretty cool to see. Now, I'm curious, it, when you have a lot of novice skiers on a trail, does that actually affect the trail in a, a negative way? You know, uh, I guess I, I have to say that I haven't really seen that. I mean, I guess you could get a, a situation where you have so many people out there, but typically Nordic centers are spread out enough that, that people can go different ways. And, uh, you know, you, you'll pass by people, but um, it's kind of like a hiking trail. You pass by people. But uh, I, I haven't ever been in a situation where there were too many uh, Nordic skiers out there. So my family and I really want to take up Nordic skiing or we want to go skiing, but we're afraid of getting on a lift or being in crowds. Uh, what would that be like for, say, a family private? Because I think that's uh, a lesson we're going to be seeing a lot of this season. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and I think, um, you know, the Nordic areas are, are planning for that. And, uh, you know, the, the cool thing about Nordic is that it can almost be the perfect half day activity for a family. Um, typically when you get out on cross country skis, because you do burn a lot of energy, um, it's not something that you're probably going to do all day long. And so it fits real well into kind of some of the limitations we're having with the COVID era in that, uh, you can go out, uh, do a lesson, uh, with the family and we can get more into that in a bit. Um, and then be able to to head back to your place for lunch. And so it's, um, I think it's going to be a really great half day activity for, for people. It sounds awesome. And I'm curious though, because I think one of the greatest challenges for us as instructors is working with splits and it can be a lot of fun. It can also be very frustrating. How do you manage that in cross country? Yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a really good point. And, and sometimes if you think about, oh, gosh, I have this lesson and it's a family of, you know, <laughs> four year olds and adults. What am I going to do? And, you know, the other way to kind of frame it is 
okay, what are our opportunities to have fun together? And I think that uh, that's a a real kind of good mindset to have. And, you know, the fun – some of the fun things that you can do is is work focus on kind of terrain based learning which is kind of a buzzword that that we you know we talk about in skiing in all sorts of skiing but terrain based learning can be as simple as setting up a little slalom course and the kids are going through a slalom course and the adults are going through the slalom course and you know they're the, the adults might be a little bit more challenged. The kids might think it's a game. And if you can kind of come up with maybe three or four activities that kind of support that terrain-based learning. Another one is having um, a ball where you're tossing it back and forth to people. Um, you can play uh, certain games of red light, green light. Um, and, and it's funny because adults really – uh, jump onto these games. At least my, that's my experience. Yeah, and what's your mindset as far as when a, a family comes up and you know, say the dad is like, oh, you know, we've got the four-year-old. I, I just want you to teach him or her, yeah. and yeah. you know, you don't need to worry about me. But at the same time, it's like, no, you paid for a lesson, and I, I want you to get some value out of this. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a. Um... That's a really interesting point, and, and certainly in the beginning of the lesson, to have that conversation with people, whether they mention it or not, is, is a healthy conversation for us as instructors. And, um, you know, usually you, you do get some sort of goals for, for each member um, up front, and then, you know, you go through the lesson, and, and I've been in situations where, you know, you maybe you don't throw uh coaching cues to that person who who communicated that don't focus on me but then there might be you know something hey i saw you a little you know um you know had a hard time getting around that cone or you know making that turn um here's an idea or you know and just throw out an idea and 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 be receptive of their how they you know take it is it something oh i'm gonna try that or is it like oh i'm i'm okay (laughs) you know so it's it's a two you know it's that meaningful two-way conversation that you you can continuously try to to read that person and maybe there are some coaching cues that could help that person um and you could share it with them and um and see how it's received so what are some ways we can educate the public that yes you should try cross-country skiing and I have no idea what to wear out there. It's going to be too tiring. What are some, <laughs> say, myths that you see that we can break down and um, really encourage people to get out and try it? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing is just to contact the, the local area. I mean, people are, um, the Nordic centers, um, I've been on a number of, of industry calls, and the Nordic centers are really trying to um proactively plan for people that are beginners that are getting into the sports. There's a number of videos that PSAA has um, that are about beginning, getting into skiing, um, both for instructors and just for the average person um, that, and they can be accessed on the PSAA website. Um, So there's a lot of information out there online and then contacting 
your uh, local area or the, the area you are um, and figuring out how they are renting skis um, for the season. That's another thing that um, has come up is they uh, are thinking that there, there could be a shortage of cross-country skis because of the demand, um, similar to the, uh, the situation we're seeing with bicycles this summer. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yes. Anything you'd like to tell us in conclusion? Well, um, I guess, you know, don't hesitate to get out and try Nordic (laughs) because uh, if you have a couple hours, I mean, really, if you think about what it takes to go Nordic skiing, uh, once you have your your equipment, um, it can be an hour that you you mark off in your day to go Nordic skiing. Um, So it's it's something easy that you can fit in. And it's um, what we're kind of calling low risk as far as um, dealing with with COVID, the COVID situation that we're we're in. Well, Emily, it is always such a joy chatting with you. Thank you so much for taking your time this evening to talk with us. Thanks, George. Thanks for getting a hold of me. Cross-country team coach Emily Lovett joining us on First Chair from the Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.